The Colorado Inn and KFKA present Rams Weekly. Brought to you by Marinda Simpson State Farm Insurance. Here's Brady Hull and Kevin Lido. Kevin, I was just about to say, why don't you why don't you bring us in? I mean, you are you're kind of the radio you're the radio guy, although your microphone's not on. There we go. Am I here? <laughs> Am I live? <laughs> Uh, real, real professional here, I you did. know. I, it was fun, dude. You and Adam and I go. We, we, we had a really fun time. Uh, yeah, in all honesty, we were, you know, kind of a couple of toddlers wandering around mildly lost. But we had a great time with it. Had a lot of fun. Really enjoyed the guests we had on. Adam did a great job. Yeah. Uh, we really enjoyed our, our poll question, which is all Adam's idea of where would Adam play on this year's CSU team. We had a lot of fun responses on that. Get to poke you know, some fun at Mr. Nygon, who, you know, you have to say, turned into a really, really good player sure. at CSU. But it was fun. What was the, what was the final verdict there? Was well, he on the team? Well, Is he... So we, I mean, we ran the game. A couple people say start. I love Adam. Adam's not starting. What position think, did he play? What, what was he's he? like a shooting guard. Um, so he's not starting. Now, the injuries, maybe with the injuries. Yeah. It's like four or um, five injuries. We had w- one fellow who said At- Adam doesn't even make the team, which that felt a little yeah, harsh. That was mean. Uh, but I think the majority, I, and, and in the poll on, on Adam's Twitter, I think the majority said he comes off the bench but does play like in the 6 to 10 range, which I think that's fair. That's fair. You know, he plays some defense, hits some threes. I think that's fair. I told Adam, I said, next time, you know, let's go straight to the source. Let's call Tim Miles. Who co- you know, he was his, the head coach. When Adam was playing, yeah, let's get a real scouting report from Mr. Miles. So maybe was, we'll go into that later. Was Nico? Nico wasn't around. Yeah. At all, was he? No, so Nico. He knows. So Nico and Adam go way back because Nico was an assistant when Adam would, sure. walked on and uh, you know went from walk on to starter to, okay, to so, really good players. So, so yeah. Nico certainly has a, a good insight on that as well. We so could, we so could we could get some some real insight. So, you know, maybe that one of these days. Let's ask Nico. Okay. You coached the guy when he was playing, so let's say Adam at 20 and healthy on this team, how many minutes are you giving him? And whew. Well, it's funny, Dorian Green, we had him, him give a uh, scouting report, you know, because obviously he played with Adam and now is a coach, so he knows how to. I said, you know, what do you do? He goes, oh, chase him off the three-point line, put, make him put the ball on the floor because he's going to turn it over. <laughs> <laughs> is, that, is that accurate? That's, that's what Dorian did, said. Did I mean, Nygaard Do- turn it over a Do- little bit? Well, I... I think he wasn't supposed to dribble. <laughs> well, that, I was going to do a poll question, Kevin, because you guys did a great job. And then the day after you guys, it was the Ram Nation boys, Joel Cantalamessa yeah. and Mike Rowe. I, I was going to put a poll question. Who was your favorite <laughs> fill-in group? But I was like, we don't want to start wanna, a war. Yeah, I don't want to start a war here. And We're you know, all friends. Mike Rowe can get kind of kind of mean on social my, media. Mike is spicy. I love every time my phone buzzes. It's a notification from Cam's Trezo. Yes, I go. Oh, this what's it gonna be? It's what? gonna be fun. Yeah, he was. Uh, th- it was really fun. Uh, d- CSU talk, but different takes from yeah. all four of you guys. So I really, no, we I really we, it was we fun. really did enjoy. It was a lot of fun. We appreciate the opportunity. It appears that the studio is still standing. Still standing. So that was our main goal. We want it to be mildly functioning when we left. And you worked closely with with Michael Kirkpatrick back there cuz Angel was out there. I want to point out to Micah I was so tempted to throw soccer talk in there. Oh, sure I was have. tempted. You absolutely should. I, I did. I mean, I I had the keys, I had everything, but I refrained, my friend. I refrained. 
I would have kicked down the door. <laughs> that that would burn the place down. Well, Mike is really mad at me because I am on this uh, mission for the Broncos to lose to the Raiders this weekend. They I'm have with, to lose. Micah should be happy. I am all in. I think you are too on the get Michael Pinnock. We train. want your guy, Micah. We want now, PJ. Now, now, I want to say, uh, yeah, to absolutely toot my own horn, I've felt that for quite a while. Oh, I, I think he's a great player. Yeah. Um, I do not want J.J. McCarthy. I've no, also I'm out been, on that. Been on I, that train. So you know, they'll, like, they'll probably do something terrible. But the, the, I think there's two sure things. And again, sure thing we use loosely. Yeah. But Caleb Williams. Um, and, and again, his thing about, like, I want to be an owner of a team when I get drafted. Like, okay, whatever. Oh, I think we can if move Caleb past Caleb Williams wants to come to the Broncos, he can say whatever <laughs> yeah, he wants. We can own, yeah, we can own it. I'll take that. Just give him a little, you know, a little yeah. fake certificate that says you're an owner. And Michael Penix Jr. I think Bo Nix is interesting, but I think those two guys feel like the most sure thing. So, Micah, do you get where we're going with this? If the Broncos lose to the Raiders, that goes from 14 to probably 12 or 11, which might be the sweet spot for Michael Penix Jr. Are you in then? I like winning. I root for the Broncos to win you can every get game. You're Washington quarterback on the Broncos. This is a dream come you're in fantasy land and you you don't want that. Look, it, oh, it would be Kevin. a dream come true. However, I root for the Broncos to win every game because I'm not a Raider fan. Isn't that isn't that just interesting? It's a very it, it is study. fascinating. I love the mental hurdle. Oh, okay. well, not not even hurdles that go through fandom like that. Sure. Because what Mike is saying, I, I fully understand. Win That's probably no a what. more pure yeah. fan way to do it. You mean true fan, like actual no, no. true okay, fan. Well, it depends on what kind of fan you are. I feel like my words are being twisted now. But, <laughs> but you know, of, I like my team, so yeah. I want my team to win. Makes sense. But there is the sort of business side, if you will, of this team is bad. It needs to hopefully, to become good, to get good, you need good players. To get good players, you need to be bad right now to draft those good players. It's simple. So losing makes sense, especially the season's done. I am with Brady, but I fully understand what Mike is saying. If you had a playoff shot, and and like even if I thought, okay, the Broncos are going to get killed in a playoff game, I'd still want them to make the playoffs. So if they were in the playoff picture, win, I don't care if you get beat by 60 next week. But they're not. So that's when my brain goes to... Tank. Although, to be fair, my brain did go to tank about eight weeks ago. I thought the Broncos should have been tanking. And then we wouldn't even... We'd be we'd be golden, man. Caleb Williams, Michael Penix Jr., do whatever you want. You can get those guys. Well, I, I just don't think you should root against your team. I, I don't I like that. that. It's not your job as a fan. Well, I'm rooting for them to lose. No, you're not rooting for them. Not you're rooting, rooting against no, them. And then when they're them. good, you're rooting for them. I'm rooting for them to lose. So there you go. Uh, you're, you're essentially rooting for the other team to win. Uh, no, not really. It just depends on how yes, you look yes. at it. See, mental hurdles. <laughs> and I can create a bunch of hurdles that uh, can stand in front of that argument all day long. Kevin, uh, we were rooting for. Well, you don't root. That's that's the. You got to be fair. You're not really a rooter. But CSU, thirteen and one, took care of New Mexico. That got the job done. Um, let me ask you this real quickly. Were you worried at all? About that game. Did you, oh, yeah. Do you absolutely. think New Mexico could pull I, New that Mexico's off? New Mexico's very good. Very really good. talented, man. And They are, uh, someone said on social media, I forget who, so I'm sorry that I cannot credit you. It's almost like a, a Showtime team of when things are good, oh, man, things mm. are good for them. They fly. They can, they can go on a 19-2 run before you blink. But... Over last, you know, last season and 
you know, it's super early in this season. They haven't handled the, you know, adversity, if you will, very well, especially on the road. You know, when they're in the pit, hit a couple shots, and that place goes crazy, like, watch out. And that's what happened to CSU this time last year. First game of conference play, ironically, was at the pit. CSU, I was down there, I just steamrolled, and it literally felt like they got smothered by the pit. And early, CSU was down like 20 and a half. It was game over before you could catch a breath. But they don't, right now, seem to handle tough things on the road very well, and that's what happened. Jalen House got in foul trouble, yeah. sat with two fouls. CSU started to take over as he was out. They put him back in in the first half with two, which is always risky. I, I'm actually in favor of that. I think that's generally the right call. Immediately a third foul, and then he sits until like seven minutes left in the uh, second half, or 13, excuse me, seven minutes into the second half, and CSU is totally in control by, eh, mostly in control by then. Then he gets his fourth foul, Kind of throws a little hissy fit going to the bench, and it's game over. CSU just ran away from there. I know they cut it to, I think, six in the final minute, but it was never really in threat. Uh, so it's a really talented team. House, Mashburn, and Dent are great, great guards. JT Toppin is a phenomenal young big. I mean, a freshman, big man doing what he's doing. That team is going to win a lot of games. They're going to beat teams, especially at the pit. You know, Have fun. Good luck. So I, I absolutely was concerned for CSU in that game, especially given the schedule. You know, CSU now at Utah State and at Boise State, all three of those games, including New Mexico, are quite losable, yeah. and it wouldn't be you know a quote-unquote bad loss. So to start that with a win, just huge. Well, and, and you talk about Jalen House. I mean, he showed you with the foul trouble when he does come in that second half. What did he get, like a steal, quick layup, and then a quick three? Yeah. And then shortly after that, he got the foul. Yeah. Um, but it shows you how 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 powerful they can be, how good they can be. How about this question for you then, Kevin? When you look at that starting lineup for New Mexico, because I saw this on Twitter and it, was, it just had my brain going, do you think New Mexico talent-wise is better than CSU? CSU is just a better team overall. Hmm. That's a good question. I could, I could make an argument that the five for New Mexico is better than CSU's five. Okay. But as a team, no, CSU's deeper and Depth matters. I mean, you're number nine being better than the other teams. Number nine, especially in a game like that where both teams had some foul trouble. It wasn't just Jalen House. Uh, that matters. You know, Rashawn Bimba and Tavy Jackson, I would say, were two of the most important players in, in changing that game. And they're what? You're eight, nine players, if you will, something yeah. like that, depending on how you want to you know, count things. So I, I could roll with an argument that New Mexico's five, first five, is better overall. Like, you know, if we're doing like Madden ratings and you add up what each of their number is, I could see an argument that New Mexico's is better. But no, as a team, CSU is better. Which They're is deeper. Which is the most important thing, because you can have four or five stars. Cer- your depth yeah, is so cer- key. certainly across a season, I think that will prove true. Now, in a single matchup, like... Again, you know, obviously these teams will play again in the pit. They may well play again in in Vegas. You know, in a one-off game, it you know the depth maybe matters less depending on how the game goes. But across the season, it is going to matter. So, so yeah, five. There's an argument, but depth, I don't think so. And and New Mexico, I think, might be a second deepest team in the league. So that speaks to what this CSU team is. I'll talk to Kevin Moore about the the rest of the Mountain West Conference, CSU's battle going up against uh, Utah State, and we'll give you details. We'll refresh details on how you can watch that game because yep. it's a very big one. Uh, not just in the Mount West, but in 
in all of college basketball. Uh, maybe some football stuff, too. Clay Millen entered the transfer portal very quietly, by the way. Yep. But he's in it. Yep. We'll see what uh, the future holds for the former Colorado State quarterback. It's Rams Weekly on Northern Colorado's Voice 103.1 and 1310 KFKA. Welcome back into Rams Weekly, presented by Miranda Simpson with State Farm Insurance. Glad you guys could be with us here today. I'm Brady Hall, Kevin Lytle, as always with the uh, Fort Collins, Colorado, and he is the CSU Rams insider. Now, Kevin, I, I, I was saying this before, that the fear of getting into conference play, into this Mountain West, which we know how good they are, um, is that they would all beat each other up. And that still might, that, that could certainly be the case. You could have a lot of teams, you know, CSU, Utah State, uh, San Diego State, Nevada, Boise State, they could all have four, three or four or five conference losses. But you have to think that that now will be taken with a grain of salt by the powers that be that make these decisions as to where they're going to put teams because you know how good these Mount West teams are because of what they did in their non-conference schedules. Yep, exactly. So I, I've written this, I've said it, I said it on the whole show this afternoon, I think the Mount West champion... Probably fourteen and four in league play. I can okay. even see thirteen and five. You know, a tie at the top there at thirteen and five, which that's a you know decent number of league losses for a champion. But it's because it's so good. And um, I wrote this in in my mailbag on on Thursday. Of you know, I think people first want to look at the losses. Like, well, you know, you're taking losses, but a assuming you lose to the the top teams, those aren't bad losses as far as the resume goes. You know, if you're losing on the road at San Diego State at the pit, not a bad loss. Uh, but the flip side is almost every win is going to be at minimum a useful piece of your resume, and some of them will be you know high resume pieces. CSU being New Mexico at home is a very solid resume piece. If CSU wins were to win at Utah State, that's a like top tier yeah. resume piece. So so yeah, there will be some losses, but the metrics are so good. There are five teams in the Mountain West in the top 36 in the net rankings, seven in the top 100 in Kinpom, seven top 100. So you, almost every game is a you know quality game. Uh, I looked at the you know the start of this week. Obviously, net rankings fluctuate, but as of right now, CSU's 18 conference games would be six quad one. Six quad two and only two quad fours. Wow. So resume metrics, almost every game is just a good game. So yeah, you'll take some losses and the teams will beat each other up a bit, but it's going to all help each other. Again, you just can't lose the bottoms. You can't lose to San Jose State, Wyoming, Air Force, Fresno State. You have to avoid those. You know, Maybe one on the road. Like UNLV is going to beat a few teams, but their metrics are... Uh, good enough that a UNLV loss doesn't tank you or anything like that. But if if all the top teams get their losses amongst all the other top teams, it kind of just benefits everyone. Yeah, and you're and you're right when you, you know the main teams you just got to watch out for the as you said the San Jose State teams. Yeah. And uh, you know they're those. tricky games. It's a gauntlet, and especially with how many hard games there are, it can be easy to kind of let let levels drop when you you know think you get to. You know, take a a deep sigh and say, "Well, we're just playing San San Jose State because Tim Miles is going to punk you." Uh, yeah. You know, so you, you know you can't take these easy, but you know, 
those are important to win, and you know, especially like a CSU specifically, like at Wyoming, that's going to be a freaking hard game. Yeah, Wyoming's kind of a you know, <laughs> and, and you know, just going to Laramie's tough. You know, they're they'll be riled up for that game. You know, assuming CSU's still highly ranked at that time. You know, so there there are a lot of traps out there, but the metrics bode really, really well. Someone asked me in the mailbag how many you know project how many Mountain West teams in say tournament. Obviously, that's way out. I put it at sixty percent for four. Um, I think 20% for five and 15% for three. I think three is the absolute minimum. I think four is most likely. And there is even a way if you get the right teams and the right conference tournament champion that you could get six. Yeah. That's unlikely, but I think four or five is, is fairly likely right now. So this Utah State game coming up on, on uh, well, Saturday, depending on when you're listening, Saturday to, or tonight, uh, if you're listening to the replay on Saturday mornings, is is it going to be available uh, just on the Mountain West network there or uh, their website? Yeah. There's no other funky way to watch this yeah, game? Yeah, so CSU, Utah State, 7 p.m. Mountain. Uh, two teams that I think are both legit Mountain West contenders. But yeah, unfortunately, you know, TV um, picks are made a while ago. And this one was not picked, so it's Mountain West Network, which is you know the themw.com. You can also get the Mountain West app on most smart TVs, smart devices, all that stuff. Um, so you can watch it there or cast it to your TV or whatever. But obviously that's not an ideal setup for what is uh, really a high-level basketball game. Yeah, no no doubt. Um, luckily, we at least have some options, though, yep. where you can – and you can probably listen to Adam Nygon. Yeah, you can listen to Mr. Roth, Mr. Nygon on yeah. the radio there, so they'll, they'll be in logo with that. They'll so take I know some people uh, that it's, it's quite an effort, but sync up the, the yeah, radio broadcast to the TV, which I can't appreciate that effort. Yeah, but it drives me nuts if I'm off by just yeah, even oh, a half a too. second because you see the ball miss. I have one of those, you know, the sound bar, but sometimes when it gets funky, it gets a little off. I cannot do oh, it. I, 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 I just mad. have to mute it because you'll, 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 hear, the, you'll hear a swish. And then yep. they'll go, oh, three-pointers. Yep. It's like, oh, man. It's like, I don't know. And then you see it actually happen. Yep. Um, but this is a big game, no question about it. This team is so much fun to watch. I, Like I said, I was like you. I was really worried about the New Mexico game, mm-hmm. almost to the point where I thought they might. I didn't really predict it or anything. I thought New Mexico maybe does come out of this thing and yep. win. The fact that CSU did win and the way they pulled away in the second half, now, now I'm like, this isn't just a really good team. This team could do some real damage when it comes March. The next big test is Saturday. Uh, obviously, whoa, the next game is the next <laughs> test. But Coach what, what I mean is CSU's resume is you know, really good right now. But what they're missing is a really, really tough road game. Now, they have a couple road wins. They won here in Greeley at UNC. They won at LMU, which were both tricky games in their own right. But not your... Horrible, hostile crowd uh, against a top team type of road game. The Creighton game, it was a neutral site, but a Creighton heavy, uh, you know, fan base. But it wasn't like hostile. I would say it was, you know, loud for Creighton, but not like crazy. So CSU, that's the next piece of the resume, and obviously in the quest for Mountain West Championship is to win a couple of these. Again, you're not going to go eight and one on the road, probably. But, you know, between Nevada, Utah State, San Diego State, New Mexico, you know, Boise State, if you can win a few couple of those road games, it'll be really big. So, you know, the Spectrum Saturday, that's going to be a test. It's uh, I think it's about 10,000, I want to say. It is loud. I've been in there uh, when it's pretty close sold out. Their student section is really well organized, 
really loud and right on top of you. There is very little space between them and the court. So be ready. But like you said, we've talked about this is a veteran team. They're, again, doesn't guarantee success or anything. They've seen a lot in college basketball. Man, they have. And Isaiah Stevens, to, uh, proof in that, right? Getting his uh, 2,000th point the other night and a nice, a beautiful shot, by the way. Some of those shots he has. Just so there's only two Rams basketball players that have ever had 2,000 points. That's Becky Hammond and Isaiah Stevens. How yep, that? exactly. That's, uh, that's pretty good company. Pretty good company there. And, uh, you know, a lot of people can look at that and go, well, Isaiah Stevens has been there forever. I don't care if you've been there forever. You have to be a l- so. Really so it's funny. Player. By the end, yes, his his games played is going to be way beyond. But right now, he's not even first in games played. He's one by Dorian Green here. And actually, I think it's I think it's tied with Dorian. He's one by Nico Carvacho now. Because if you remember, freshman year, they were going to be in the postseason. It got wiped out by COVID. Sophomore year, the season was way shortened because of COVID. Junior year, the year they went to the NCAA tournament, they had a, several games wiped out due to COVID. And then last year, his original senior year he had the you know broken foot where he missed nine games or whatever it was yeah so great point so yes he will end up playing more than anyone else ever has because of this super senior but all four of his you know traditional four years were shorter than they should have been so if you know if he had played let's say had played you know your normal 32 plus whatever postseason through those four years he would have hit these numbers because that's where he's at now right now where he's already surpassing these so you know i get that it's all kind of you know filtering statistics how you want but to say that he's doing all these right now you know with a crazy number of games play just isn't true it reminds me kind of like of uh, running back emmett smith he yeah. was known yep. as one of the greatest running backs to ever play he played more than any other running like he, he yeah. went out of arizona too he padded those stats but that was one of those things where you said yeah he was played an overwhelming amount of games, but he was watching play. He's still yeah, the best yeah, running exactly. Back. So, all right, Rams Weekly continues. Former quarterback for Colorado State, Clay Millen, entering the transfer portal. We'll talk about that, where he might go, what makes sense there, and how the Rams are really feeling about their current quarterback in uh, Braden Fowler, Nicolosi. More, more to come here on Rams Weekly on Northern Colorado's Voice, 103.1 and 1310 KFK. Kevin, I have questions. I, I can't keep track of how uh, you know, players' eligibility, the transfer portal rules now, what it looks like. So Clay Millen, who I think we both agree, great guy. I'm a huge fan of his. I really hope wherever he ends up going, uh, he finds a lot of success there. I know you had a, had great conversation with his dad. I've had him on the show, on my show, several times. So I just root for a family like that. Get it though? I understand the situation. He did. We, he entered the transfer portal, but it was kind of an interesting way, kind of a very yeah, Clay Millen like way. You know, Clay. Ne- I don't, I, unless I've missed it, but I'm pretty sure I have not. Never really posted. You know, that your standard. You know, thanks, Ram Nation. With that being I'm said, leaving, yeah. With that being said, <laughs> yes. Um, just entered the portal. You know, the, some of these 24/7 sports and stuff. Basically, they have. Uh, the code to the door so they can see who's inside. Uh, reported that he was is leaving. Uh, I know he shared out a you know a video and some stats uh, from his CSU career and stuff. And and yeah, on he goes. And I think the timing came because 
to make a long story short, the NCAA went to court. The NCAA loses in court because that's what they always do. And so now two-time transfers or whatever time transfers, basically you can go play right away. Uh, so Clay, even though he has transferred and has redshirted, he will be clear if he wants to go to another FBS team. He'll be clear to play next year. How so, about that? Um, you know, transfer visit season is basically right now, early January before semesters start. So I, I, you know, Clay again, like we've said, he tends to be pretty quiet on social media. I don't think we're going to see him posting all his offers or where he's visiting and all that. Uh, but you would imagine within a couple of weeks he'll probably be at a new destination and enroll and be available for spring ball. So yeah, a guy that. Um, you know, the timing just didn't end up working out, I think, for a variety of reasons. Uh, kind of just bad set of circumstances just kind of ended up, you know, not working across the board for him. And, and yeah, hopefully find success. I mean, that's why for all, anyone that leaves, yeah. they're, you know, they're kids. Yeah, you're rooting for them whether you talk to them a lot or not. You know, I get yeah. it. You're just kind of rooting for these guys. And Clay was always a good dude. He's I always, think always kind and polite to him. me. That, you know, that's kind of like. Yeah, you know, my experience is, is what I can share. Yeah, well, in the transfer portal, um, is that is that going to be for the foreseeable future? Seems then? like it, it appeared, like I say, the NCAA got beaten court. I think there's an appeal system going on. But, again, the, the thing I keep saying, if the NCAA is in court, just look at whatever the other side is because that's what's going to win. Because, you know, the NCAA is shooting 0 for 90 million mm. in court cases, roughly. That You know, someone needs to check that stat. I think, I think, it's, right. I think you're probably um, close. And, yeah, it, it's you know, based on you know, reporting from some of these really good national um, folks, it basically appears the NCAA has – Told to you know schools of yeah the you know two time transfers will be good to go so go for it <laughs> which will make it again more difficult as we talked about we've been talking about that all year how it's tough when you're re-recruiting it's just unhinged players. because there's no nothing I mean that no rules no I mean the loose rules that there are there's no enforcement so so yeah there's not even guidelines almost yeah and that's that's what makes it extremely difficult but. For now, the Rams do have their quarterback, they think, uh, Braden Fowler, Nicolosi, and he certainly had some major highs last year. He had some major lows, too, which I got to tell you, made it certainly made it entertaining. (laughs) He is not a boring quarterback. It was not dull. No, it was not dull. Um, When you look at him, now I'm not talking about the physical side of it because obviously he and Clay have so many differences as far as their style of play. How about their demeanor? Um, Clay. I remember a time in, in practice. Maybe it was. It wasn't spring. It was fall. It was fall camp, and I remember like Clay running in, gets a touchdown, and he was so polite about it. Like he looked over at Jack <laughs> and a few guys, and like, "Good job, Jack, man." And Jack's like, "Dude, I want you to call me something mean, man. I want to get mad here." Braden Fowler, Nicolosi, seem strikes me, and you know him. I haven't had him on the show yet. He strikes me as the kind of guy that's more. Yeah, you got me, but I'm about to get you back. Like that kind of guy. Where am I on? on this? Yeah, yeah, no uh, swagger for sure. Yeah, I think is is a word. The story that I I think I told at the time, and now I keep going back to it even more, having seen you know the next eleven games is you know he was named the starter for the CU game, and it's all kind of like let's see how this goes. You know, no one knows for sure. I remember standing on the sidelines during pregame, and that thing was fevered. You know, there was the near brawl at midfield pregame. There was the Deion Sanders, you know, stalking walk Uh. up and down the sidelines to get the crowd juiced. There was, you know, a lot going on, a crazy uh, just energy surging. 
Braden Fowler, Nick Colosi, when CSU comes out for warm-ups, runs down to you know the end zone where CSU does theirs, and he, I was right there. He was like a tiger, stalking up and down about a 15-yard stretch, staring into the crowd. Basically, like the vibe was, you know, F you guys, mm-hmm. say something to me. Come on, do it. Say something to me. Let's go. And you know, I'm I'm not gonna lie. At the moment, I'm like, do you want do you want to be doing that, young fellow? Like, <laughs> yeah. this is your first start of the season. You're uh. a retro freshman, but you can see in his play and how you know that was the thing I kept hearing. The team really respond to him well. Of he just galvanized them a little bit, and I think some of that mindset is that of, you know, yeah, it's the gunslinger, and yeah, it let him into some problems, but it also does some good. Of he has this kind of swagger that like makes players believe that. They're going to succeed, and we talked to him. He has, you know, I would say likable to talk to, but you're also like, you know, this guy believes in himself. Yeah. Why well, didn't he at the beginning? Of the, I thought he was on like with the Ram Nation guys, and at the early didn't he say, "Hey, we're going to go on and we're going to win the Mount West." Yep. I he said, be "I believe that was the week after the showdown." Yeah, he was saying, right. "Yeah, we oh, we're really bummed Which we I didn't like. get that one, but yeah, you know, we're gonna we're gonna take and run." And yeah, you know, again, that's the thing a lot of people say. Obviously, they did not really even come close to that, but. Uh, it seems that that roster really responded well to him. Yeah, and, and it again, definitely is just louder, a louder presence. Is, as much as I like, I like all personalities in, in sports, and I think that's what makes personalities unique. So, as much as I like Clay's, Clay is a person and you know a nice guy, and if it would have worked out, then you'd you'd probably really be building up the Oshucks kind of attitude. But as a fan, I'm more of the of definitely give me a guy like BFN because that I, I win or lose. You're gonna get some nice sound bites. <laughs> You're gonna get some good entry. Watching him stalk up and down the sidelines like that to me is entertaining. So hopefully it works out because I want so that yeah. that BF. I don't want to compare him, but you know the Bradley Van Pelt stuff that gets there's a going. little bit of that. I mean it's hard to ignore, especially you know sure. the, the three letter you know nickname if you will. And yeah, a little bit of that you know because technically on the roster he's from texas but he's a california kid he lived there until i think his junior year of high school so he's a california kid like bvp he's got some of that swagger but charm where you're like you know it's kind of like the the quarterback bro in the movie but in a very likable way um and yeah the plays he makes the good plays he makes you can kind of squint and be like oh you know if you hone some of these other things you know it could be big time well, I don't know how we've been off Rams Weekly for a while, Kevin. So, Dallin Holker um, going to the draft, Tory Horton making his announcement he's coming back to CSU. So, he had kind of the not so great news, but then ultimately really great news because I think we all agree Horton Horton's the engine that makes this offense go. If it, whether it's BF BFN or whatever, you got to have Tory Horton there. Dallin Holker's a fine player. I, I think he's he'll obviously have a career in the NFL. Don't know where he'll get drafted. Um, but it, to getting the news, if you had to reverse the two, I think Rams Nation would be very very sad. Yeah, it's it's big news having Tory Horton back, and you know, frankly, I think most people probably guessed you know if we can keep one of the two, that would be big. And you you did. And Torrey Horton you know, was the best receiver on the Mountain West last year. He'll be the best this year. So, you know, that's great news for CSU. It'll be interesting to see what they do at the tight end position. Um, you know, I know they've offered a, a couple potential transfers, but ones that have a lot of other offers, too. Uh, so we'll see there. But, yeah, Torrey Horton being back, he's a leader, too. You know, that was one of the things he said is, 
you know, obviously there's on the field stuff I want to do, but I want to be a better leader for this team, which, you know, is kind of a normal thing to say, but coming from Tory, I think you believe that he's going to try and do things to help, you know, propel this program. Rams Weekly continues. We'll wrap up. Let's take a quick look at the women's side of things, too, Kevin. Uh, the women's basketball team for Colorado State put the finishing touches on our first show of the new year. It's Rams Weekly presented by Miranda Simpson at State Farm Insurance. It's Northern Colorado's Voice, 103.1 and 1310 KFKA. Okay, real quickly, since we started the show talking about the Broncos for a moment, I just have to ask you a question. You get 30 seconds here. How do you feel about Sean Payton painting the Raiders logo on the Broncos practice field? That's what he does for every road game. He does paint the logos on the practice field. There is a Raiders logo on your precious Broncos practice field right now. How do you feel about that, Micah? Well, if you ever have to go to the bathroom, you don't have to go <laughs> to the bathroom. You just go right there. Okay, that's, that's, that's a, that's a good answer. answer. Yeah. Uh, welcome back into Rams Weekly, wrapping it up here. Um, quickly, because I don't know, that Kevin, we want to rehash too much of this, but um, you had retweeted from, uh, from the uh, Fort Collins Police Services about going way back to the Rocky Mountain Showdown, and we had the Henry Blackburn stuff uh, where he received death threats for for his hit and all all this stuff it came out basically what 7000 threats yeah were for, delivered to him yeah so this is from Fort Collins Police Services today on Thursday player received approximately 7000 threats on social media varying in severity and nature which was very concerning to Fort Collins Police as well as the person involved uh blah blah, blah. long investigation total one adult and four juveniles that there was probable cause for misdemeanor charges so um there are people being charged for but you know seven thousand threats is um just brutal yeah it's awful um and, and, and again, terrible i mean just disgusting that the fact that we're talking about a hit and it was was it an illegal hit and should he have been ejected okay those are all football things and if you want to come out and i don't even like this but if you want to come out and say oh that guy's a dirty player and that I, i'm not a fan of that stuff either but to take it to threats what are we doing here? Yeah. I mean, yep. it's just absolutely nuts. All right, on to a more positive side of things. The Well, not I guess not so positive. CSU women's basketball, mm. still a very good team, Kevin, but they've lost, what, two in a row. And when you talk about teams that we think are going to be really good and have really great players, two games losing two in a row at least is cause for a little bit of concern, right? Yep, and frustrating how they happened. They had Mississippi State down at home. Uh, CSU was up nine in the fourth quarter, couldn't close it. Against San Diego State to open Mountain West play. Um, again, I believe a nine-point fourth quarter lead. Uh, lost in overtime. And there's a trend in their three losses. Terrible fourth quarters. I think they've scored 13, 11, and nine in wow. those fourth quarters, something like that. And now they have you know Mountain West favorite UNLV coming in Saturday. <sighs> Um, you know, if you if you want to have any chance at the league, you have to win that game. But it's it's frustrating because the schedule was, you know, frankly soft, and so your margin for error was really small. So now, I mean, I I feel comfortable already saying this that the only way CSU makes the NCAA tournament is winning the Mountain West tournament in March, which 
<laughs> if McKenna Hoffshield doesn't play in the NCAA tournament, that's, that's going to be, be so a sad. real shame. Which so, yeah, like thirty. So we'll see. It's a long season. You know, more games to go. You know, if they win Saturday against UNLV, the tone quickly changes. But it's definitely a bit of a letdown right now Chip. because she is just incredible. I, I cover. I covered against... that Mississippi State game. Um, she was phenomenal. Some of the passes she made, just outrageous. It's. Uh, I know we've talked about it. I've written a lot about it. Um, I don't think we can stress enough how unique and special a situation it is to have McKenna and Isaiah playing at the same time. Yeah. No, she had a monster game um, against San Diego State where she had 34 points and 12 assists. Like She, yeah. she just does that every night. Yeah. You know, it's just every night you can, you can set your watch by it. She's going to have monster games. Can the rest of this team kind of go with her? Um, throughout the rest of the season. So interesting one there uh, for for Colorado State women's hoops. So we'll see what happens with this team going forward. Um, The men's team, as we talked about, Utah State coming up over the weekend. It's a big game. Huge game. Really pumped for that. Yo, CSU men at Utah State, at Boise State on Tuesday. I think if a split would be a good result. You know, obviously 2-0 and would be an incredible result. If you win both those and are 3-0 and start league play with the schedule, that would be phenomenal. But I think if if the you know Rams come home with one win of those two, you're feeling pretty good. Yeah, no no question about it. Um, Kevin, it's been a fun year so far, man. Well, oh, so fun. Fun. I mean, fun doing the show. Obviously, the football season was well, not what we had hoped for, but basketball is going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, and it's just set up so so well. They you know they did everything you could have wanted in November December to set themselves up. You know, there's a lot more to do. New Mexico last year was undefeated in conference play and ranked and didn't make the NCAA tournament. So it is not job done to be playing where you want to play in March. But it is set up really well. Should be a really exciting um, you know, final couple months of the season here. I'm not making this trip. I will be covering on the road basically the rest of Mountain West play. So excited to bring that coverage to CSU fans um, because, yeah, this is a you know, seeming to be a, a special season. Yeah, it, it is going to be a special season. You're starting to get more and more national talk around CSU as well, yep. um, which again always brings to that interesting dilemma of of looking at Nico Medved. Had one in the of those future. questions in the mailbag. What was um, what was the question? Just basically, so basically how do, how do you keep Medved if you're CSU? And do you get any sense any sense from talking to Medved or watching him that he would? Be here for a very long haul. Yeah, yeah. no, I think like he a could. Real strong sense. And to quickly summarize why I wrote is it's not just salary. Yes, you have to stay competitive there and you know continue to boost that as warranted. But it's not just that. I think it's a lot of other things. Basically, broadly, prove to Nico Medved how and why you can build this into one of the absolute premier programs in the West. And that's a lot of different things. You know, it's support as far as you know. Updating Moby, recruiting budget, assistant pay salary, NIL absolutely is part of that. All those things to to prove to him that you can win at a you know a top top level in Fort Collins. Because as a coach competitor, if you kind of feel like you've peaked and you know let let's just say CSU makes a Sweet Sixteen this year and loses there. If he feels like that is the best we can do here, like that was the dream season, it can't get better than that. You know, he'll probably look elsewhere, you know, a place where it feels like, no, you know, Final Four is realistic, that type of thing. So prove 
how you can make, you know, if I'm CSU, I wrote this, if I'm CSU leadership, I'm putting together, you know, a binder, a proposal of here are all the things we're going to do, you know, in the next six months, the next year, the next five years, the next 10 years to make this the basketball program of the West. Yeah, like when you look at that list that you, and all, all those things make sense too. There's going to be so many things that go into it. What's like the number one thing? Is it um, some kind of updates, upgrades to, to Moby or or would it be the coach's salary, mm-hmm. NIL? NIL is kind of, obviously it's a it's an external thing too with uh, with the, the green and gold guard. But do you think it's Moby? I mean, because I look at Moby and go, okay, the Sometimes the seats feel yeah, small. Yeah, what's the suck. number one is a <laughs> that's an interesting question. Um, I'll cheat. I'll say two. I'll say you know fully athletic department side. Now Joe Parker would push back on me on this, but yeah, I would say updating Moby. I don't, you don't need a full rebuild or anything, just a refresh. Joe Parker would push back and say, well, you know, we would need contributions from outside, but you know, athletic department's job is to figure that stuff out. But then, yeah, as far as like roster and stuff, neck nil. Um, again, that's kind of both sides. You know, athletic department has some stuff they can do, be part of it. But obviously, you need outside hands contributing. Um, but I think you know the locker rooms. They got amazing new locker rooms. You know, a year or so ago. Uh, obviously, you have a staff that's really well liked and you know has proven that they can recruit you know good players. So nil keep um, make sure you can keep your good players and help you get some some good new ones. I think uh, from the roster itself, that's probably number one now. Yeah. Well, again, like you always say, Kevin, it's a good problem to have. You'd rather be in a situation yeah, that, where maybe and that's your coach always goes. my main thing. Like I get why people are asking. Enjoy what's happening right now. We'll worry about that in you know late March, early April, whatever that is. Enjoy this. I mean, these type of seasons, what it is right now, and potentially shaping up to be. Don't happen all the time, so I would say enjoy it rather than worry about what's next at the yeah. moment. Well, Look, there, there are people paid to worry about what's next, and, and it's not the fans. Yeah, no, I totally get it. And I guess if he does leave, um, you know, maybe it's Ali Farouk taking over, and it feels kind of the same. Again, so. if you're winning and having to make decisions from there, that's a good place to be. Not a bad place. Happy New Year to you, Kevin. Happy New Year, everyone. Yeah, welcome back to the program. Glad to get this thing rolling for you, and it should be a very fun 2024 as we follow this Rams team, um, hopefully all the way through deep into March Madness. It's Rams Weekly, presented by Miranda Simpson at State Farm Insurance. We'll be back at it next Thursday.